Hi there, I'm Valor. And I'm Cherish. And we are Just, Just a, a Couple, couple of nerds. nerds. Starting off today's episode, as usual, with the news. I am so excited for this story. It's a Harry Potter <laughs> story. So, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, the movie, is in the works with all three major stars. Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Gint. I am so excited for this. Yeah, I didn't know that they were going to make a Cursed Child movie. So Well, apparently when they opened the... So I've read the book and we've seen the play. It's not a musical, but it's a two-part play. It is so long. but they, It's fun. Yeah, it's really good. They have a lot of magic on stage, yeah. which... It, it sounds hokey, but it's it's so much cooler it than you think. It fits for, like, I mean, Harry Potter on stage. You would want, like, stage magic there. Yeah, it's really good. And then one of the other cool things, it's not a musical, but if you've ever been into Imogen Heap, um, she did all of the music for it. Oh, they don't yeah. sing or anything, but they use it a lot during the transitions and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it did so good when it originally opened in the West End in London, and then they brought it to the States. So we saw it in San Francisco, and it's also been in New York. Uh, but I'm so excited for this. Yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be really cool. Up next, the movie The Marvels has been delayed four months to November 10th, 2023. So they have to put the movie off for four months. I'm not sure what is going on, but that's kind of uh, disappointing. I know that there's been posters that have been released about the Marvels. Yeah, I've seen some stuff about how there's the MCU Disney people are like, yeah, we've done too much. It's been quantity over quality, and they're trying to reverse that this year by not giving us as many TV shows and stuff. So I wonder if that's part of oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of right, though. I mean, we've gotten a lot of stuff out of DC for as far as, like, MCU goes. You're yeah. right. So it's and if they're going to focus on quality, that's cool. But we're so close to the date that I feel like delaying by four months seems like a big shock. It says four months before November 10th. What was that? It was that's, supposed to be a summer uh, release. June? Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be a summer release. Yeah, so put it off till November seems like a big move this close. Yeah. Uh, next up, Magic the Gathering is doing a Tolkien tie-in collab. It's Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth, which will come out June 23rd of this year. They are also doing a Doctor Who collab, uh, but I don't have any info on that. I've actually never played Magic the Gathering. I've never played Magic the Gathering either. It's always been at like... When I was when I got into Pokemon cards back in the day, there were Magic the Gathering cards there too. But I and I always liked the artwork; it was really cool. But I never got into it just because I was into Pokemon at the time. But uh, I'm surprised they haven't done a Lord of the Rings tie-in before. Have they, I wonder if they if they don't regularly do tie-in collabs with anybody else? Because Lord of the Rings seems like this already fits in with most fantasy worlds, so. Yeah. yeah. Up next, uh, Naruto, Sailor Moon, Inuyasha, Death Note, and more will become free on Viz Media's YouTube page. Yeah, they're already free. Oh, they're um, already free. Yeah. <laughs> and they have like whole movies, and it's like over 200 episodes of Sailor Moon. Wow. It's all free, which is super cool. 
Um, I haven't watched one yet. I'm sure it has the normal YouTube ads unless you're paying to not have that. But that is super cool. So if you're looking to save a buck, it's Viz Media's, V-I-Z Media's YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Definitely go over there and watch some old Sailor Moon episodes. Right. Up next, Ant-Man 3 is tied with Eternals for being the lowest MCU uh, movie on Rotten Tomatoes with a score of 47%. We haven't seen it yet. Have not seen it yet. And I've just been seeing images of Modoc's face, which does look kind of weird. I've always thought of Modoc in the cartoons to look extremely almost cartoony. And on the images I've seen, it just looks like a blown up human face, but I'm trying to hold reserve judgment until I see the movie. Yeah. But it's hard when it's like everywhere online. Like yeah. you open up Instagram and it's all over there. People are talking about it on TikTok. People are talking about it on Reddit. I've seen a lot of stuff about Kang the Conqueror and how he's the new Thanos. He's the yeah. new big bad. But I feel like they love the character. That's the overall feeling. But maybe Ant-Man wasn't the right movie to introduce him is some of the sentiments I've yeah. heard. I can't echo that. Yeah. But I, we need we just need to watch it. But you know what? I liked Eternals. I thought it was a fun movie. I and liked it Eternals was different too. too. It wasn't all just like, like I'm an attractive, muscly dude. This <laughs> woman here, ugh, I'll see her later. You know what I mean? Let me go yeah. fight some bad guys in the meantime. Yeah. Um, if it's tied with Eternals... I like the turtle, so I might like it. I'll probably like Ant-Man as well. And Rotten Tomatoes has been wrong before. Plenty of times. Up next, Microsoft has signed a 10-year contract deal to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo. This is kind of cool, kind of interesting. I think, I know that there was another Call of Duty that they had on the Wii a while, a long time ago that I played because mm -hmm. I only ever had a Wii. Um, I never, I never really had PlayStations or uh, Xboxes, but uh, I swear they had one on there. And I played it. It was kind of fun, but the problem was that they had to tone down the graphics just because the Nintendo systems usually aren't like as robust as a PlayStation or an Xbox. So I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do with the Call of Duty that they bring to the Switch. If they're going to bring down the graphics or bring down, take some features out take some animations out just to make it easier for the switch to handle yeah i mean there i've played a few what's that one game on the switch it's like iris or something the colorful one where each new level is a new color that you unlock oh greece greece there we go to iris greece uh, but that one's so pretty and on the yeah. switch like it it looks really beautiful but i know it's not the same kind of yeah no it's like a side scroller instead yeah. of a yeah. first person i don't shooter. know how it, how it will look yeah but that's exciting yeah it'd be cool i mean it's just nice to have more games offered on the switch and on nintendo in general so this next one it's kind of funny. Um, A24 is auctioning off the props from the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once in order to support Transgender Law Center, the Asian Mental Health Project, and the Laundry Workers Center. You will be able to buy the Hot Dog Fingers, the Rock vs. Rock, the Auditor of the Month Butt Plug Award, Ooh. And, <laughs> and the Chef Rakakuni. 
which is yeah. for good causes. I wonder, I feel like Rakakuni is going to be the big one. I feel like all of these, I mean, it's from everything, everywhere all at once. There's a lot of hype around it. There's going to be so many people bidding on this. Someone's going to pay like uh, hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars for the Rock vs. Rock. Or oh yeah, hot they're going to pay fingers. thousands of dollars. I mean, the hot dog fingers alone will probably cost somebody like almost 10 grand. I will bet. I want to go take a look at the auction just to go see how much everything goes for. Oh, they I sincerely could. It's public. I sincerely doubt I'll be able to buy anything from there. Uh, unless it's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, sure. But oh, everything's going to go for so much. Because you're just going to get weird collectors that are like Hollywood collectors. That just yeah. want to like pay a bunch of money for it. Uh, and it's if you're supporting these causes. Oh, yeah, of course. You're, you're willing to say that, hey, I'll pay a little bit more because I know I'm going to support. Yeah. And our final story, Netflix is releasing five mobile versions of real video games, which are TMNT Shredder's Revenge, Tomb Raider Reloaded, Valiant Hearts Coming Home, 12 Minutes, and Dust and Neon. You'll be able to download these games within the Netflix mobile app, and Netflix is promising no ads, no in-app purchases, and no extra fees for these games. This is kind of cool. Netflix a while ago was putting games, had games on the app, but they were all kind of silly games. And I'm pretty sure there were like ads or purchases that were in the game as well. So to actually like offer kind of like actual good games and not have ads, in-app purchases or extra fees is gonna, it's kind of exciting because then it's going to be mobile game, a mobile version of all these games. Now, this is super fun. I'm excited for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Now, Shredder's Revenge, I mean, any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, the one thing that I really liked is that you could play, like, multiplayer. So that's the only thing. If I'm playing on my phone, I sincerely doubt I'll be able to play multiplayer on that. But wouldn't that be cool if you could be, like, you know how people will, like, They'll Netflix and chill with someone in a different state or something. They'll be like, okay, start the movie, three, two, one, go. Yeah. Like, what if they did that kind of like how Among Us? Like you could co you could do co-op, but like yeah. over online. Yeah. Well, that would be great. Like Among Us has that waiting room yeah. where it gathers all the players. Uh, it just seems like more work that ne than Netflix is, would be willing to do. But hopefully, that'd be cool. They have the money for it. Yeah. All right. That's it for the news. And now we're moving on to our big topic for this week, and that is Vox Machina and Critical Role in general. Uh, Critical Role started off as a web series, primarily on Twitch, that was a collection of voice actors that were playing Dungeons and Dragons together. And uh, they apparently were one of the highest paid Twitch streamers. They made $9.9 .9 million between September 2019 and September 2020. There was a leak that happened on all, how much everybody was making on Twitch, and that's when everybody found out they were making so much. Um, they were making a lot, but they also have like a giant production team, so it's not like the voice actors were splitting $10 million between each other. They wanted to turn their web series into a cartoon but apparently Critical Role couldn't find a streaming service that wanted to create the cartoon for them. So instead, they started a Kickstarter to make a one-episode uh, one pilot 
that was about 20 minutes long. The Kickstarter ended up making 11.3 million, being one of the fastest funded Kickstarters on record and highest funded on record. And that changed from a single pilot to 10 episodes. And shortly after the Kickstarter was funded, Amazon Prime came in and said that they were going to create 24 episodes in total, doing 12 episodes for two seasons. And they came in and took over. And now we have what we know as the Vox Machina cartoon on Amazon Prime. Thank goodness. I love this show. It is so much fun. They just released season two this January, so you can watch season one and season two. But it is so good if you haven't watched it. There's a reason why we're talking about it. It's one of, well, like, this is the one I was looking forward to the most this year as far as animated shows. Yeah. It's really good. And we just started playing D&D last year, so this show is just... It's so cool to kind of see this stuff come to life because when we do it, we're on our laptops and like they move, you know, at yeah, little we, squares using, at a time. Yeah, we're using Forge uh, or Foundry. I think I can't it's remember. Foundry. Foundry. Right? I keep calling it Forge. I don't know why. We use Foundry too. So we have little icons that move around the screen and every once in a while we have troubles and have to restart the screen, uh, restart the website, but that's all right. But it's a, it's a lot funner to watch the cartoon, of course. Yeah, I haven't read, so apparently there's also some comic books to go along with it, and a novel, and there's campaign books. There's a Taldori campaign book um, that you can buy on Critical Role, and Valerie mm-hmm. just told me last night, if you're a Critical Role fan, they call you critters. Yeah, I love that's it. cute. <laughs> but one of my, I think one of the things that really got me about this was the same thing with the Harley Quinn show, it's an actual adult cartoon yeah it's it's a it's an animated series it's a cartoon so you you, everybody has their kind of preconceived notions of what cartoons are yeah but this is not a kid's show we've got penises and buttholes and yeah yeah. (laughs) lots of blood and gore lots of cursing uh lots of sexual innuendos uh so it's Definitely a show for adults, and Cherish and I already watch kids' cartoons anyways. We do. We watch but... kids' cartoons all the time, so to have an actual cartoon made for adults seems like a breath of fresh air, but I mean, we just, we'll watch it. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that they're making more shows for millennials that are cartoons that don't feel like cartoons like Arcane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not it's not exactly a cartoon, but you know what I mean, it's, though. I, I would consider... Yeah, I guess it's not a hand drawn. It's like a CG. It's all CGI on Arcane, but Arcane is yeah. It's an animated series. Yeah, but this one they have a whole bunch of characters. The first time I played D anD D, I was a Tabaxi. Yeah, my robes were pink. It was great, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was a turtle monk. I basically became. I basically was the fifth Ninja Turtle. Was my backstory. But they have two halflings. I forget what Grog is. He's half giant. Half giant. Percy's just a human, and then Vex and Vax are elf. Yeah, and then Keyleth is a wood elf. Wood elf. Okay. So she's got little horns and stuff. Yeah. But and they all... show other characters in the show. Like there's vampires and dragons. And you'll see Tabaxi's right. walking around. So they, they do a good job of like getting you into the world, which is really fun. Yeah. And all of the main characters of Vox Machina are actually still played by the same voice actors that 
uh, played them in the Critical Role web series as well. Yeah, and the DM, he's supposed to like play a few side characters. Yeah, because apparently he didn't have an actual character, so they just kind of throw him in different episodes. And they have to, apparently critters have a game where they try to figure out who he's playing in an episode. Nice. Who's your Who's your favorite character? My favorite character, uh, oh, I really like Grog. Yeah. But I really just like Grog and Pike's relationship. Aww. Yeah. What is that? It's one of those uh, movie tropes or TV tropes where it's like big guy, little little girl. Oh. Like they did it in. Um, not I keep I'm, saying House of the Dragon. Uh, what What was the one before it? Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> God, wow! Game of Thrones feels so far behind us, doesn't it? It does. It does. But um, what's her name with her little sword, and then the big guy with the eyebrow? The oh yeah, yeah. It's that trope. It's of that like, trope. I mean, but that's what and that's big, what we silent guy, little fierce girl. Kind of what we have with Last of Us as well. Yeah. It's like oh, I think it's that, a good trope. It's, it's a, a good it's trope. a fun yeah, it's a fun trope. I forgot what the name is. It's like wolf cub or something like that. Yeah. Wolf and wolf cub or something like that. Lone wolf and wolf cub. I don't. know. But yes, it is a trope, and I just I but I like their relationship because Grog isn't as isn't really a quiet type like those guys are. He's kind of noisy and talks a lot and makes fun of himself. Yeah. And then Pike isn't like a she's not his ward like in in the in that trope quite a bit where it's like they're trying to learn from the older person. She's kind of like he's kind of the baby, and she's kind of like. Being, like being Aww. kind to him like hey it's okay big guy yeah i think i really i was thinking about it and i think i have to go with scanlan but he's only my favorite because without him the there wouldn't be like haha jokes there'd only oh, be yeah. more like because i feel like like vex and vax are more serious keyleth Definitely. is always nervous right. Rock's kind of like this little kid almost and pike is also really serious mm. so you wouldn't get the comedy as aspect of it without scanlan so that's You're why right. he's my favorite yeah scanlan kind of brings like the in your face kind of jokes like just the straight up like almost stand-up type of humor yeah and his powers are pretty cool like being able to create he's almost like a green lantern like when yeah he, he like, creates sings. constructs yeah. with his guitar <laughs> yeah i think and that's so useful because he's so small yeah right but that that would be mine but if i were to pick one to be like my character for D, &D like if we were starting a campaign and i was going to pick one to be my character mm -hmm. i feel like i would pick keyleth or pike like pike can really heal everyone and keyleth has a lot of powers but to be honest every time we play D, &D i'm always confusing like which spells can I do? What one's a cantrip? Which one is like a bonus action? Uh -huh. And I've only been able to use my divine hands like once. <laughs> <laughs> so all the spells kind of give me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> and so I understand Keyleth a lot. They're really cool. But I also feel her anxiety when playing this game. What about I can you? definitely <laughs> see you as Keyleth. I think part of the reason why I like Grog is because he would be the one I'd Strong. play. Strong. It, it's the strong tank that stands in the front and takes as much of a beating because that's how I'm playing right now. I think that's how I've played every time we've played. Yeah, he killed himself at first. Well, I didn't kill myself, but you... I died. I did die <laughs> because the orc 
chieftain hit me and got a critical hit on me and did so much damage I could not recover. He wrote an entire essay of a backstory for this character. I write a I write an essay for every character. And then they die. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. My new character is actually connected to my old character. Yeah, I'm a halfling paladin right now. So having little pike like I understand like the speed and the stealth and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe more pike, maybe that's less anxiety. Um, um, who who's your thinking of those are good characters? Who's your favorite like bad guy or like cr- dark creature that they have in the show? Oh, I don't know his name, but it's season. It's in season two. It's one of the dragons in the Chroma Conclave, the one that like just spits acid, and he's got it all around his horns and oh, stuff. Oh, he's like he's the like most talkative. Yeah, with them because the other ones just kind of like still hoarding over that city a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But I like him, even though he kind of, didn't he just die in season two? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he just died, but I liked him a lot just because the other dragon that they fought in like season one, that uh-huh. was kind of like a one episode thing. Like it kind of happened so fast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dragons aren't so bad. And Dragons then, are easy to kill. Yeah, and then the Chroma Conclave comes in season two, and like, oh no, they're literally murdering everyone. I feel this like that was more. Bad. They're more powerful dragons than the other one. I mean, maybe, but still, they're like really intense. Yeah, so, of course. That would be my evil creature, but like season one had so many almost horror movie kind of creatures. Yeah. Because they did almost like a Victorian. Yeah, like drama horror kind of vibe uh, with Percy's backstory and stuff in the first season. Yeah, no, I th- I, th- I think that's my he was the vampire, the Briarwood, who's the vampire. I can't remember his name, but he was my is my favorite bad guy. Like, it wasn't the girl, the witch, his wife. Yeah. No, I liked him. Oh, like, I was. It, took, it was more. Uh, like it took more effort to kill her. He it died did. pretty fast. Yeah, no, but I just liked him. Oh, okay. He was cool. Not only was he a vampire, which sh- surprised me, I guess, because I didn't really realize, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You can have any type of creature in D and D. They have vampires. It kind of shocked me when we first find out. You find out pretty quickly. Um, but not only is a vampire, he also had a really ba sword. Like mm-hmm. he was kind of super powerful. But being a vampire, you also have a weakness, which is sunlight, so. By the way, so we, because of Vox Machina, we were playing our D&D game, and I forgot who we were talking to. It was, like, some, like, leader or something, and he's like, like, do you need anything else from us? And I was like, oh, you're going to gift us something. Do you have a gun? And everyone in the campaign laughed at me and was like, what? Percy has a gun in the show. <laughs> do we not get guns? Apparently we don't get guns in our game, which is very sad. Whatever, but Percy had them in <laughs> so I know they exist. But apparently there's some kind of D and D game in space. Yeah, but yeah. it's like a separate game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is wild. Yeah, so that'd be that'd be fun. But to our play. version doesn't have guns. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Apparently the show the show because it's critical role. That's the company that is basically putting together the show. 
they don't have the licensing for Dungeons and Dragons uh, worlds and kingdoms and stuff like that. They have to change the name of all of the locations because otherwise, because they're all basically from D and D, but they have to change everything so it's not infringing on any licensing. Oh, I feel like that's so easy though. Right, all I mean these it's all made up names. Mm-hmm. Like I'm reading a book right now, and it's like we landed in the world of Hulibaba. And we then went to the kingdom of Haselapafa. Like, there's so... You just put a whole bunch of vowels and constants together. Boom. Yeah. New name. I feel like that's really easy. Yeah. No, it's not It's not a hard thing for them to do, but... Uh, uh. Do you also have um, a favorite side character? My, <laughs> my favorite side character is Trinket. And you want to know why? All because it's an animal and you love baby animals. <laughs> I do love baby animals, but for all of season one, Trinket was voiced by one person, right? Just for season two, episode one only, Trinket was voiced by Cheech Marin. I love Which it. Is weird. Just that one episode. So my my favorite character is Trinket, armored bear. Cheech comes in. Let me just uh, voice a character for one episode. Yeah, super weird. But um, I wonder if Cheech is like a D&D player or if he's just a fan of the show. Oh. Or maybe he's just friends with them. I'm bad with actors, but what's his name? Joe Magdaleno mm-hmm. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Joe Mangalo. He just got... I just think I fucked up his name. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, he He just commissioned this huge, like, wooden epoxy table. Oh, It's all pretty yeah. and stuff for his D&D campaign. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's like a giant table. Yeah. The dude has a giant house. Yeah. He and Sofia Vergara are, like, millionaires. So they have, they have a big home. I love that people are, are just, like, not ashamed to be nerdy and post it online anymore. You yeah, know? right. Yeah, no, of course. But who's your favorite side character? Ah, uh, I don't know. I didn't think about this one. No. Oh, um, my other one is in season. He's also in season two, but he's mainly in season one. Is the king? Because the actor is the same actor from Dragon Prince who voices oh, yes. it. Yes. And I'm like, oh, this makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Because I, I mm-hmm. always like the, the king plays the dad in Dragon Prince. He's also cyborg. He's cyborg? Yeah. Like which one? Like the cyborg from the Teen Titans and from, and Teen Titans Go. Really? Yeah. Oh, weird. Same guy who plays the king in uh, uh, Walking Dead. No, yes? Yeah, the one who has really? the tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, weird. That's him. Because we've this seen him same... in panel. Yeah. We oh. also saw him in panel when we went to Teen Titans Go panel. Oh, that's a fun panel. All of the... The Work. actors are yes. just like so excited to do all their voices, and they do a few too. Yeah, they do quite a few. Now that's a uh, King's a pretty cool character. I think there Percy had a sister. Well, his sister his sister is actually a pretty cool character, um, troubled character. But uh, he had a friend in Whitestone. So in the in the first season. Uh, he they go back to Whitestone, which is Percy's home, and he meets the Resistance, who are mm-hmm. the people trying to kill the Briarwoods to win back Whitestone from the Briarwoods. And so, but the leader of the Resistance is this. I'm pretty sure he's human, 
but the dude is so small in the show that he looks like a dwarf but he talk, but he talks to Percy and apparently they're like old buddies but he's like leading the resistance he's also like a big old bruiser who's like leading everybody through everything and beating people up he ends up dying in the first season but he was a very fun character that I liked by the way I was just thinking about this because we were talking about all of so season two majority of the characters got upgrades um so uh like pike got her upgrade in season one she got new armor but grog got yeah. knuckles and he got stronger vexalia got the bow she got stronger Vex yeah scott um blessed by the, the goddess the matron of ravens upgrade yeah so he has to like talk to her but he also has a whole new outfit and he can like fly now right yeah by the well the last episode he could fly yeah and then keyleth becomes like a fire kaiju which is really cool oh she's like an elemental uh what is she mage I forgot, but yeah. her powers are elemental based, and so like the Avatar, she has to master yeah. <laughs> all the elements. She does. I love it. <laughs> so she has now mastered fire. But basically, in season one, Percy almost got like a downgrade in powers because he was possessed by a demon, but the demon made him like kind of crazy strong and like yeah yeah so he almost got a downgrade, and I know he's the only human in the group. So and I haven't played enough D and D to know. What kind of upgrades humans get? Because yeah. I know, like, once you start leveling up, you have more, uh, more, more power. Yeah. Basically, like a general power, which gets used up every time you get hit, and then you're closer to dying. Blah blah right. blah. But can you get some kind of like magical upgrade as a human, or is it only like armor? Oh um, yeah, of course you can. Because I think like for a lot of these characters, it's based off of um, not their race but their class. Right. Oh, what's Percy's class? Do you know? I don't know. Is it is is gunslinger a class? I don't. I want like, the guns like a, so bad. In is he game. like a scientist? Because he's definitely a sci like a scientist in a way. Like yeah. he's super smart. He can put stuff together. Um, he's very well studied as far as books go. Even though the books may be lying to him. In season two, there's a fun thing where they actually travel travel to the Fey realm. Yeah. And Percy gets super, super duper stoked. And he's all, he's talking about everything that he's read in books about like the Fey Realm and acting like he's an expert in it. And Vex and Vax are rolling their eyes because they're from here. They've been here before. Um, and everything that Percy is talking about like just turns out to be wrong just because the books were wrong to him constantly. I love the Fey Realm. They, they had this like acid trip psychedelic like they changed the cartoon style and stuff on us but they basically have some kind of drug trip in there in the fey realm which is really fun they've never done anything like that before i love right. season two so much i feel like season one it did have like moments of humor which is really great kind of something you see in like the later thor movies and stuff but yeah season two was such this combo of like death and death and death and then these wildly silly things like my favorite one of, i think this is my favorite episode oh talking about side characters it's the sphinxes i love oh, that they have a love story i love it so much they but, are really cool but my i think my favorite episode of season two is when scanlan 
uh, sings to this sphinx about his sphinx love and they have the sphinx dance and they're falling in love and the song's really sweet. It's so cute. I and the sphinx dies. When we were but... watching that episode, Cher Cherish looks at me and this is perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. Well, And it kind of reminds me of Steven Universe where not the main part of the show is singing but they'll just throw in a few songs and it just... It fits somehow. Yeah. It just, for some reason, it just fits. I and don't Scandal, know. That song, Scandal, did fit because, I mean, he's a musician. And you're trying, he's, the whole reason for him singing the song was this uh, Sphinx was telling them, if you can wound me, then you guys win and I'll give you what you want. And everybody else tried and everybody else got beaten. But Scanlan is the one person who, like, hid and finally comes out and just sings a song to him instead. And he wounds the heart of the Sphinx instead. Yeah, later... It's cute. It's really cute. It's really cute. But later in the season, Scanlan tries to have sex with his daughter. So He doesn't know she's he his daughter. Know. There's a really funny moment. Like, so he... Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say about it? No, that was it. <laughs> so Scanlan, tried, Scanlan meets another uh, halfling. And she's really cool and she's kind of got she's also a musician and then he's gonna go have sex with her and then he find then she ties him up and then she reveals to him that she's his daughter yeah the next day though he goes to pike and, he's, and he asks for like clerical like spiritual advice because that's what she does that's also her character as well and he's like so let's just say you found out you had a puppy but then you tried to have sex with this puppy. <laughs> and Pike's response is, please tell me this is a metaphor. <laughs> I don't know if she would have liked knowing the real situation yeah. or that metaphor instead. Season two is really, I'm hyped on it, but we basically just finished watching it. Yeah. But it's also, it feels a little bit more like our game because season one of Vox Machina was a little bit more like a horror movie. Vibes yeah, there's a sometimes. lot of horror vibes. Like a lot of the creatures that they battled were kind of horror. They they faced wraiths, they faced like demon dogs, and then I think they also faced a bunch. They faced zombies too. Oh yeah, and like there's zombie a bunch giants. of zombies. Yeah, the yeah. first season was pretty cool for all of that. They don't. I, the first season's a really good job at like kind of setting up who Vox Machina is. Yeah, they don't go into each of the characters. But they're kind of just this ragtag group, and they have some struggles. They do a lot of Percy's backstory. He's the one that they go into his backstory primarily the most. Yeah, I like season two better because they do the vax backstories for Vex and Vax, for Grog, a little bit of Scanlan, and, and a little Keyleth. bit of Pike because they showed uh, her, her dad, great great grandpa. Oh, I'm sorry, her great 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 grandpa. Yeah, but I like this season more because our campaign. I feel like it's a lot of killing people and a lot of fantasy creatures it's not so scary mm -hmm. so i like this one a lot better uh, but one of the things that happens in the show my first thought was can we do that because we have a dragon not but we don't need to do it but there's one do part with the dragon there's one part in the the show where they're fighting off a dragon and no one can penetrate it's like scaly skin Oh, so Jesus. Scanlan and Vax go up its butthole, and my first thought was, "Can we do that in our campaign?" I, I don't want. I don't. I think that's the easy way to drive our dragon away from okay, us. Okay, our dragon right now in the game is taking care of my parents. 
who have transformed into goblins. Yeah, he's babysitting them. And their names are Bella and Edward. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, can we do that? Would our DM let us? Go into a dragon butthole? Yeah, or is our dragon big enough to do this? I, I, I don't know. I All don't these know. unanswered questions. I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want to drive our dragon away from, that keep, from the keep that we've created for him. Yeah. But that was funny. Yeah, no, that's it's they get stuck inside of the dragon because they have a hard time breaking out now. I mean, they get out eventually. They do, they do. And we went to the Fey realm in this one. I wonder how many. I haven't watched the Critical Role series. I wonder how many realms they actually go into because Keyleth also went into the Fire Realm. The Fire Realm. So we got Fey realm, Fire Realm. I'm I imagine sure they more. I imagine they have one for each of the elemental stuff, but I think it's all based off the D and D. And I don't know how many realms there are in D and D. I'm sure there's a lot, and they probably just keep making more too. But there's probably a setup amount. But in the show, I imagine we'll probably get each of the elemental realms, right? Oh, <laughs> from Keyleth to book get her, one water to book get her two, avatar earth, powers. Book three, fire. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for all the Avatar stuff coming out in like yeah. it's like two years or something. Ugh. Speaking of future stuff, Travis Wilhelm, who voices Grog, has confirmed that season three will conclude the Chroma Conclave storyline. That's one oh, with will all... conclude. Yeah, so season two will will finish off because they're on a little quest right now, and they have about half the items. They've got the bow, the knuckles. There's also like a... A sword. Sword. Which, yeah, Scanlan is basically Scanlan's sword now. Yeah, I love that Vexalia has a broom and a bow. She's like a flying Hogwarts Quidditch player with a Katniss <laughs> Everdeen bow. It's super weird. I love it, though. She just flies I mean, around. Do, 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 whatever do. you can, it's, whatever you can take is an upgrade. Right. But I definitely like uh, Vax's wings more. Yeah, he just has... He has super speed and wings. Oh, yeah. He just got really fast. Like, it's nothing. He's the Flash. That's why you like him. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like a, he can run real fast, and he's got wings. Uh, if I could be... Like, Grog is the, is the one that's my play style for uh -huh, D&D. It is. But if I could be any of them, like, I would be Vax. Because I could fly. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. I'd, I'd take flight first. But running fast on top of it? Hell yeah. That's funny. And then he can make sword, knives appear in his hands. So if season two concludes the Chroma Conclave... Or season three. I'm sorry, season three. We'd have to kill off three more dragons? Oh. Right? Am I right? I don't know. I think there was think, four. Was there four that came through? Three or four, and it's they three just or four, killed right. off one, and then the big bad is still on top of the city. Yeah, like just sitting there, like. Rah, I think you're right. I think it is lava. Four. Rah, rah. <laughs> I'm a dragon. Rah. But they need all of for the quest. They need all of the items. I mean, I don't think they need all of them, right? I don't know. I thought they did. Isn't that a quest? Know. You need to like finish the quest. You don't need to finish it. You just need to get powerful enough. So who ha who has po who's powered up now? Pike's got her new armor, and she's she's a bit better connected to the Everlight. Uh -huh. 
Percy doesn't have anything, but he basically he also lost something that was actually making him go crazy. So he kind of did get an upgrade. Maybe his like wisdom stats are a little bit better now. Mm. Um, but we'll leave him off. Yeah, Scanlan yeah. got a sword. Yes. Grog got the gauntlets. He's Thanos. Vex got the bow. Mm-hmm. Vax got uh, the. Touched by the angel, whatever. No, no. Oh my gosh. The name right here. What's her name? The Countess of Birds. The Matron of Ravens. The Matron of Ravens. And then Caleb is and, now a fire kaiju. But yeah, they all have an upgrade. Except for Percy. Except for Percy, but he did lose the thing that was making him crazy in season one. So they all kind of did get an upgrade. So, they're all kind of ready to go. You think? I don't know. I feel I like... I feel like they're going to need the Slayer's take to help them. Oh. Like, they're going to need friends somehow. Yeah. Or, like, a, a witch that can help yeah. them turn dead people into zombies That was also really... Then... Those were also really cool side characters, too. In season oh, two, the Slayer's take. Yeah. they introduced the, a group called the Slayer's Take, which is basically a group of mercenaries. Um... That and the he- at the head of the Slayer's take is a another uh, Sphinx. Yeah, she and that's the female version of that the Sphinx. That was more of a CGI kind of art style, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't awful. It was definitely a little bit it's different. different. It's different. Um, but I like the character so much. But I, I, well, I think it also fit because the character was so different herself too. Like she was just a giant sphinx. Yeah. And so having her being done in CGI didn't feel wrong, just because she was kind of ethereal feeling. Um, but she controls the Slayer's Take, and they have a bunch of cool characters at the Slayer's Take too. The the woman that they meet first meet, she's like a dragon lizard person she's red she has like the dragon horns and the big old tail but she was really cool she actually might be my favorite side character now that i think about it now that we've narrowed it down now that i'm now that i'm just going over everybody but yeah you're right i think they probably need the slayer state because they did go to that area to try to um involve some other group and then they ended up going to the Slayer's Take because the other group wasn't helpful. Yeah. And the Slayer's Take, they knew, are a bunch of mercenaries. So they'd have a better chance asking mercenaries for help. Um, the guy, Sam Regal, who voices Scanlan, uh, he's quoted saying that there's a lot more story to tell and we could go for five seasons or more, which I love. I think that's so exciting. That's cool. That's really, that is exciting. Um, I we cherish and i kind of just reviewed season one as right after right before this and there's some stuff from season one we're like oh on how season one ended we're like oh that's probably where they could take it for the next step is at the end of season one there's some black orb that was like a black hole oh yeah they they never they never did anything with it the episode ended because the the vampire witch lady like summons this, she talks to some evil god or something. Yeah, summons the whisperer, this, I think it was yeah, called. Yeah, summons this black orb that just keeps spinning, and they never actually destroyed it. Yeah, I don't think they can. It it pulled in a priest who was trying to investigate it. Like pulled him in. Like looked like it pulled him apart, tore off his face, and pulled him pulled him into it. So it looks like it looks like a little black hole. Um, but I imagine at the end of season three, 
we may get like something's happening with this now. So we get the setup for what's happening with season four. They'll go backwards. Just like at the end of season one, right after this thing, they were congratulating Vox Machina on defeating the Briarwoods and saving the realm again. And then you see dragons flying in. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that, that was, was a, a really good way to end it. Yeah, and the nice thing about like the transition from season one to season two, season two literally picks up right from that scene. Like they saw the dragons flying in, and season two's right back to that point right there, and you just pick up right where they left off. It's really good. I'm looking up Fox Machina season three. I just want to know when it might come out. Oh. Now that we're talking about it. Google, tell me. Lord Google, tell us your secrets. They're giving us ideas of what could happen, which I feel like any anybody who's been watching the show, you kind of get an idea of what's going on. All we want is a date. But you know what's probably the date? A year from when season two came out. I'm going to laugh if you're right, because I think you are right. <laughs> Oh, it says, yeah, it says, it seems likely that we'll get a third season around the beginning of 2024. So that'd be a the year, same time that we uh -huh, got a year from now because it released just as January. Yeah, I'm excited. I know I'm excited. It's, it's definitely one of the funner cartoons to watch. I'd highly recommend anybody. It, you don't have to like Dungeons and Dragons, but if you just are in to cartoons and fun Fantasy. shows. It's a Adult great humor. show. It's a great show to watch. Yeah, I really liked it a lot. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sums up everything we have to talk about for Vox Machina. Again, highly recommended if any of you haven't seen it. Uh, Join us next time. I'm Cherish. And I'm Valor. And we are Just, Just a, a Couple, couple of, of Nerds. nerds. We got this. We got this. We can do it. I'm looking at our notes and it just says Scanlan tries to have sex with daughter. Oh, yeah. It's my last note. Very important things to remember. <laughs> important plot. Stop petting the dog.